On this episode of Discologist, we're going to be talking about a challenging yet rewarding new album from Chicago Noisemakers Facts. Plus, we're going to be spinning new tracks that we love from Aaron Ray and Elsa Suarez. So tighten up those headphones, kids. It's about to get loud. Welcome to a yet another episode of Discologist. I am Kevin, and uh, joined by Eduardo. And uh, hello, we're going to be talking about some music today, and we're going to get right to it. We spent the last few episodes talking about like what we're going to do. Now you know. Uh, actually, before we get to that, I, I do want to. <laughs> Jesus Christ, here <laughs> this is bad podcasting. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know we've. Do you want to just take it again? No, I don't know. We're, we're going to keep on. Okay. You know, we uh, we actually have put uh, in the links on the Apple Apple podcast and all that stuff um, about how you can support us. You can support us. There's a tip jar on Twitter now. There's an ACAST supporter. We're going to have a Patreon going. Uh, but somebody actually did and wrote a really sweet note. And uh, and uh, if you're listening, uh, thank you so much for that. That, that literally, yeah. literally made our week. And um and we're glad. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry that you listened to episode one through 100, but <laughs> but uh, but but literally, it 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 really um, it it meant a lot. You know, we're of uh, we we aren't starving artists. Let's put it that way. And and but this show does actually cost money to make, uh, like everything. And uh, even if you uh, even if it's like a dollar, uh, that. I think what that says is more. It just says you support us. That feels good, and I'm yeah. not used to feeling. Yeah, I'm not used really... to feeling good about the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was it was very sweet. So yeah. so so thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's just get to it this week. We're going to be talking about a couple different kinds of music. I think, uh, and I'm, I'm going to start out with the single because um, you know one thing that we don't do is we try not to talk about the biggest releases. So, for example, we're not talking about Big Thief today. Uh, we could, uh, but we're not talking about Spoon either. Um, both pretty okay records. Uh, but, uh, and, and I would encourage all my music journalist friends to do this. When somebody you know and is 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 you're friendly with uh, releases an album, I think it's on you to talk about it. I, th- I think that's how this community works, which is why uh, I, I'm going to be Playing for you, Ed, this song from Aaron Ray. Oh, yeah, nice. and and I don't know if you. I, I saw that. I saw that she had something new out. Yeah, she has. Um, she, but I have not. She has a new album yet. out called Lighten Up. Uh, it is her second album. Putting on Airs was uh, a remarkable album for a couple different reasons. Uh, when I first heard it was when Daria was turning forty, so I had this like weird experience. We went to Hawaii and we stayed in like a little cabin on the beach. And I had this weird experience of listening to this person. I had no idea who they were. Uh, the album wasn't out yet. So, I mean, there's just no context. And just this lovely piece of, like, country folk, uh, you know, hanging out on the beach in Hawaii, driving around and stuff. It was it was weird. So, I mean, I will always love that album for that. Uh, later on, Aaron stopped by the basement in Washington, D.C. We had mm-hmm. a We had a great conversation there. I'll put the link in the show notes to that. 
Second album, number two, you run into some problems once in a while. Uh, not Aaron Ray. She hooked up with Jonathan Wilson, who has produced Father John Misty, amongst other things, his own solo career. He's also uh, plays the David Gilmore in Roger Waters' band. Uh, so mm. he's he's uh, esteemed an esteemed. He role. is heavy duty. Um, and, yeah. and and I think if you aren't familiar with her music, what's appealing about this is that uh, she doesn't try to pull any tricks on the listener. And she doesn't try to think it's something it's not. Uh, she's just a remarkable writer, first and foremost. But the delivery matches up with that. And it, and it meets, like, the moment that she sets with the songs that she's talking about. Um, and makes the type of records, for me at least, so far, that if, you know, she's in the spotlight right now. People are talking about this record. But if she, if she wasn't, this is the type of record and song and, and career that if you went back to it, like people discovered it 10 years from now, they'd be like, who is this like totally like underrated, like singer songwriter? What is going on here? Uh, it's mm. just, it's really subtle work. It's really, uh, it's really fantastic work to my ears, but we'll see what you think. Uh, this is the second track off the album, Lighten Up. It's called Can't See Stars. Well, I ain't seen stars in a million months because of that light pollution. They think of us Drive out to that further place where there are no interruptions. Just me alone, just me beneath an old familiar glow. Can't see stars. Can't see stars. Can't see stars. Can't see stars. And a man-made life fills up the street. From seals of every window So we might take for granted Now the miracle of day Ain't that human nature Just marvel in its power Just because it can Don't mean it all to be that way Can't see stars Can't see stars Stars off of Aaron Ray's sophomore release, Eduardo. Have you heard that song? I had not heard it, and I really enjoyed the pairing of um, what is kind of a a complex uh, subject matter lyrically. Mm -hmm. There's some, there's a feeling of sort of you know loss or alienation, um, uh, not being able to see stars, not being able to hear your thoughts, Um, and it's got a really light. You know, that's sort of like the bass line. It's got that sort of like, you know, a little bit of a jug band quality yeah. where it's just a very 
kind of one, two, um, and the instrumentation is really nice too. That, that, that steel guitar and the banjo, um, when they come in between verses is, is really, really tasteful. And, and lyrically, what a just, what a, what a sort of economical, but thoughtful little rumination on what it means to not be able to see stars and being surrounded by man-made light and having this, this feeling of just, you know, am I, uh, am I in, in the right, am I in the right place? Am I, right. you know, am I where I'm supposed to be? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, um, a lot of her music, uh, the previous album addressed a lot of her like growing up, uh, since she's, she's, her career has taken off a little. She's in Nashville now. Uh, she toured with, uh, his golden messenger and, uh, Phil cook. So she's in mm-hmm. with that crew, uh, and has become like a pretty revered figure in songwriting circles in Nashville. Um, but every, obviously we were all locked down. Um, she did some, uh, live streams, which are fantastic, but you know, people couldn't get out and do that. And Aaron, has struck me always as like a, a kind of sensitive person <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and very shy. Uh, and this uh, sort of captures that for me. Kevin Morby sits in on that uh, and, and, okay. and does a little work on that and definitely adds background vocals all around. Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's just a great sound. Like I said, it's not trying to, it's not trying to be something it's not. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's really interesting when you have a song like that, that feels so compact in some respects, but that's also so filled with ambivalence. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just sort of, I'm, I'm scrolling through the lyrics here and just thinking about how all of these lines are sort of, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, um, that they are, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's an emotional heft, but Mm -hmm. it's, but it's not pointing in a direction of clear sadness or or anything like that. It's just this, it seems like a statement of fact of just, you know, I'm not quite sure. Uh, We have all this man-made light and we take for granted the miracle of day. Um, And these are just sort of, you know, she's describing the way things are. um, And there's an implied, you know, (laughs) lamenting of the way things are, but it's just done in such a, yeah, such a careful way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you know, I, tweeted something to the effect how song songs are such a weird way to communicate. Like if you, if you think yeah. about it, right. But then you hear something like this and you, you get it, you, you get all the messages uh, that they're supposed to communicate. And uh, my, my, my general rule about that is that if you know exactly what you're trying to communicate, then it probably doesn't need to be a song or a poem. You should just, yeah, I just agree. state, what it is that you're trying to say. If you're not quite sure, or if you're trying to cat, capture something that doesn't neatly fit into a, you know, a clear set of emotions or, um, or, or where there isn't just a clear thesis, there's ambivalence, there's uncertainty, and you're trying to figure out what you think about it, then a song or a poem is the right way to capture that. Yeah, no, 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 that tracks. Uh, I like that. I like that, man. Yeah. Evolving yeah. thinkers yeah. here is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Aaron Ray, uh, the album is Lighten Up. Uh, go out and get it now. What do you got? Um, I am going to take us in a slightly different direction because um, I would be remiss if we got out of Black History Month without talking about Elza Suwadi, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year and who was just um, just a towering and incredibly important figure in Brazilian music. And um, she was, um, she, in the parlance of Twitter today, simply DGAF. Uh, and was overtly confrontational to Brazilian power structures. She um, just just go read her Wikipedia page to get a sense of just how um, 
involved she was in every aspect of uh, Brazilian life in the 20th century um, and 21st century. And what's amazing about this is that her last few albums are just filled with a kind of righteous anger. Um, and they are incredibly hip. You know, this is the song we're going to hear. I think she was 85 or something when she recorded it. And it just has current production. It's, you know, she was working with a creative team that really helped her hone in um, her her anger to and, mm -hmm. and, you know, allowed her to speak some truths about the way women are treated, about the way black folk are treated, about you know, poverty and hunger in Brazil and things that, that really needed to be said in a, in a very clear and direct way. And, um, and she gets to do that. And this song is called, um, there's some ambivalence around the meaning of the title, but uh, it's either, you know, the woman from the end of the world or the woman of the end of the world. And um, what she is describing is um, the experience of uh, going out to carnival and leaving all of your, um, you know, she's, she's saying she's leaving her, her blackness and her anger and her sadness and, uh, you know, just, just letting it drip out of the bottom of her feet, um, with the crowds, uh, during, during carnival. And it has this psychedelic quality. And, um, and at the end she's, she's repeating, uh, this, this series of lyrics around how she's going to be singing until the end. And she's saying, please let me sing until the end. Um, you know, I am, I am the woman of the end of the world and I will, I will sing until the end. Uh, and it's just incredibly powerful and, um, and I hope, uh, you enjoy it. Meu choro não é nada além de carnaval É lágrima de samba na ponta dos pés A multidão avança como um vendaval Me joga na avenida que não sei qual é Pirata e super-homem tentam o calor Um peixe amarelo beija minha mão as asas de um anjo soltas pelo chão Na chuva de confessos deixo a minha dor Na avenida deixei lá A pele preta e a minha voz Na avenida deixei lá A minha fala, a minha opinião A minha casa, a minha solidão Joguei do alto do terceiro andar Quebrei a carne e me livrei do resto da Joguei do alto do terceiro andar 
Acabei a carne e me divido o resto dessa vida Na avenida dura até o fim Mulher, eu sou, eu sou, eu vou até o fim It's not not the model of restraint that Aaron Ray was. No, it is it is definitely not. Uh, I, you know, th- on, this is the first time I've heard that or anything by her. Uh, the first listen is kind of this is something that I would have expected to show up in Vin Vendor's film until the end of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and the reason for that is because like everybody <laughs> who's not American seems to be making like good music that's based in like traditional stuff uh that mm-hmm. translates over the i mean you think about it, she made this when she was uh 86 and yeah. compare something like that to like how we revere johnny catch's last albums that he made with rick rubin you know and it's not it's not right. a good comp but but my point is is that this woman still had a like a fantastic career at 86. yeah and, and and here and she was she was in yeah she was completely forward-looking at this late you know, she's not Bob Dylan covering Frank Sinatra. Right, um, right, right, right. Yeah. Which is to say, what the fuck is wrong with our American system? I mean, I, you know, this will, this will get into a lot of conversations we'll get into uh, this year on the show, especially when it, it comes to talking about Spotify. But like, there's this absolutely should be part of culture. This 86 year old woman is out here doing it, and you shouldn't pick it up as like a novelty. You like, it, it's not like some uh, some like random occurrence. It's like, yes, people create art their yeah. entire lives. And yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. She's, I mean, she was, she was there for, you know, the founding of, of Bossa Nova and she's, she's an integral part of, of Brazilian music history. And here she is at the end of her career partnering with um, Samba Suju producers, which is a sort of a street version of Samba mm-hmm. that was uh, popular in Sao Paulo a few years ago and still is. And she has, you know, she has MCs and she has folks, rapping on her last few records in Portuguese. So she's, and, and, and again, there's just some joy in hearing an 85 year old woman drop a bunch of F-bombs on an album because she has fucking had it, you know? Yeah. And so, and so there's such righteous anger in there that I I really, I really have, um, 
uh, unfortunately, uh, I, you know, I hadn't uh, had a chance to dive into these as much before her passing. But suddenly, um, once that happened, I just thought I really need to go. You know, I know these are modern, forward-looking, and important testaments to where Brazil is now. And yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, she really captures it. And, and it looks like her first album was in 1960, and then mm-hmm. there's I, I'm going to guess 40, 50 albums. Yeah, yeah, like. She, yeah, she was, she was a, she was one hell of a performer. She has a famous moment. Um, one of her last records is called planet hunger. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she, her first performance on TV, she showed up and she was young. She was a young, uh, she was a young black girl and she was asked by the host, you know, Oh, where, you know, what are, where are you from dressed that way or something like that? And she said, I'm from planet hunger. And, uh, (laughs) you just imagine the, you know, how much guts that take for a 13 or 14 year old girl to just say that on the fly, um, on live TV, just, just, you know, clearly making Brazil, uh, reckon with its own, um, abandonment of yeah. its own people. Yeah. So. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. Shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, two good tracks. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Well, eventually we'll get to something that one of us hates. <laughs> it's like, but yeah. not so far. I, I don't know if that's organic or, or if that's just, uh, you know. Who knows? Uh, we're going to take a quick break, though, and talk about something uh, that we both do like, a new album from the Chicago band Fact, F-A-C-S, called Present Tense. So uh, hang tight, and we'll be right back. That was a few minutes of um, of Alone Without, uh, which is kind of uh, lengthwise and placement-wise the centerpiece of uh, 
present tense by FACS, F-A-C-S, of Chicago. And um, FACS are uh, a trio, uh, which is surprising, I think, to people who hear the album and and, and don't know Mm -hmm. that going into it. But uh, it's a group led, um, well, not led by, but uh, composed of, uh, so you have Brian Case on guitar and vocals, Eliana Calaba on bass, and uh, Noah Leger uh, on drums, might be Leisure, apologies if we mispronounce that, Noah. Um, but, uh, this is a, this is a trio from Chicago that, you know, is, is really interesting, I think, sonically and kind of, a, kind of hard to pin down, um, stylistically. I sort of, I don't know if post hardcore ambient is, is a thing yet, but that's, that seems to be the lane that they're, that they're mining a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, when you, you know, we talked about like using like genres and tossing around like genre names and stuff and how often how those descriptions are pointless, like post core post, you know, all these things. Uh, I, for, for, for me, uh, they sound as much like the cure as like any or mm-hmm. noise or rock drone. Um, there's an interesting thing about this. They, this is from the sort of wreckage of a band called disappears, which is also a revered Chicago man. But, um, the guitarist case basically, uh, said he, he just, he said he hasn't played a chord on guitar since the first disappears record. So that in, in like a 2019, uh, interview with Greg Cott and, and that tracks for what you're hearing. I think as a, uh, you, you introduced me to this band and I think as a guitar player, it's interesting to follow what they're doing and try to figure it out because there's parts where you think like, Oh, I hear synths, I hear this. And these are all sounds that are possible to make on a guitar. Um, but there's never like this, like there's never a power chord <laughs> that would reinforce yeah. the doom. Yeah. This, these are, these are, these are, this is a sort of a sound based journey, I think. Um, and it's, it's hard and, and you, you hear that rhythm, that rhythm section um, sort of driving songs forward, but you also have all these, these um, strange sounds that are equally propulsive and sort of create their own rhythm as well. And one of my favorite things about the record is that, it has those moments where you're sort of listening to a song and uh, you may have, you know, it may feel like the song is centered around uh, a drum beat. And then suddenly you'll find that you're actually keeping time to a weird guitar loop that you hadn't even noticed was there. And that might take the foreground and suddenly that might fade and you go back to the drum and bass, uh, uh, you know, driving the song forward. It's just got, it's got a lot of different uh, ways to engage a listener and a lot of textures. And it just, it feels great coming out of speakers. It just feels like big and kind of imposing and a little bit scary, right? But right. really focused. And compared to a lot of music like this, um, it doesn't feel broy. And, and, and I was thinking about how to say that. that. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a, that's the yeah. best way I can put it because what we what we associate with uh, angst or uh, you, you know, some people could say this is kind of primitive music has a primitive vibe to it, but. Uh, or goth even like there's so many like mm-hmm. areas that apply to this that I don't think you should say any of those. I think you should just accept it for what it is, but that's usually uh, supported by some weird uh, dude angst. Almost always yeah. like I'm trying yeah. to scare you or can you see how edgy I am or, you know, whatnot uh, with, very few exceptions. Uh, I think Sonic Youth was one that wasn't necessarily like that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, honestly, I hear a lot of pavement in this band. Uh, one of your faves. 
Um, but the, the default, I think, mode for this kind of music is that bro thing. Um, yeah. And that usually like, ruins it. It's like it's like the none yeah. more black. You know, like how dark can I get? Mm-hmm. This is not. This is this is yeah. um what I love most about this is actually y- you start listening to it and it feels uncomfortable a little. And then it takes a turn that they didn't really do anything differently. They're not trick they're not right. tricking you into liking it. It takes a turn where you just sort of step fully into that world that they're creating and all of a sudden it's like oh this is the language we're speaking mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it um i love that that point about you know i think i think the anger here is a human anger it's not like a dude-based yeah. anger that's there's like a um it's it's really and and some of that is because i think there's a really there's an element of of artiness that that comes across with this band there's a lot of thought and there's there's a conceptual level at which they're trying to to drive these songs to, and um, and so I think all of that just combines in a way that, to me, lands in this perfect spot of you know it's arty without being pretentious, it's cool without being forced, um, it's hard without being unnecessarily aggro, and it's just interesting the whole way through. There's always something happening. Back back to that Greg Cott interview um, quote mm-hmm. from Case is it says being in a band used to be the way I made my living. Uh, he was, he's married with two kids. He said, as the music industry changed, it doesn't sustain. I have to manage my expectation of what's possible. That's huge yeah. for artists to uh, understand and acknowledge. And But then he goes on to say, but I feel healthier and more creative now. Uh, and then paraphrasing, uh, you know, their, their attitude is just do the things we want to do, the things that are important to us, rather than the things that will make us successful. Yeah. Well, and, and, and where this band um, immediately won me over is that I walked into the room um, right. and they were on a, they were on a three band bill with uh, Mets and Preoccupations, um, who interestingly kind of epitomized the two, the two extremes of, of, uh, you know, uh, Mets being very aggressive and very, um, you know, just a very sort of hard hitting band. Mm-hmm. And Preoccupations has a little bit more of that Echo and the Bunnymen kind of gothy thing. Yeah. And, um, and Fax lands squarely in the middle of that, bringing, you know, elements of, of both of those, uh, uh, genres, um, and styles forward. And I, I mean, I walked into the room and I heard this sort of weird, um, layered feedback. And then I realized it was looped and then the drums kicked in and the band was suddenly all into it. And I just, I just, you know, um, the smile I had on my face was the definition of a shit eating grin because it was just such a wonderful <laughs> moment to be surprised by, by something I didn't expect to, to be that good. And I was, I was totally naive to their sound, but, but by the end of their set, they had absolutely won me over. Let's, let's hear a track that it, it'll probably put a shit eating grin on your face. Uh, this I believe is a single for the, uh, for the album. This is Strawberry Call. Wasn't the springtime
Scrubber cough uh, there. You know, in in lesser hands, I think that would end up soundtracking like the CW's version of The Crow. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, they, they yeah. put in a bunch of lyrics about just just shit that doesn't matter, like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, but but they don't, and they make it work. Uh, one thing I I didn't mention before was. Uh, living in the Midwest, uh, there's you. You get to understand there's a type here, uh, and uh, I think I, I've always. I mean, I was born in Ohio, but like I think I've been more Midwestern than I, I expected. But um, it 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 basically amounts to just people just wanting to put in the work. They don't really care for all the bullshit. Yeah. They're just like they just want to put in the work and make good work. And yeah. and this is them, man. Like, yeah. And where, and where it really, I think, I think where the concept and the work marry up is, is exactly that, that quote, um, from Brian Case about not playing guitar chords, you know, Aliana Calaba yeah. had not played bass before she, right, she was the drummer. started playing bass in this band, which is, a, which is, which is analogous to Phil Lesh to draw a very weird comp here. Um, but there is, there is a sort of improvisational, uh, quality to this music and it's, it's, you know, they take it really seriously and and we've heard so many different versions of things like that 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 don't work. Um, and and in this case, I don't know if it's the combination of that kind of Chicago sound, whether it's Albini or Jesus mm-hmm. Lizard, with a little bit of like a Tim Harrington, Les Savvy Fav kind of element thrown in there that gives it that kind of art punk quality. But I just this is this is a record that I find myself consistently leaning into because I just I just want to know what it has to say and where it's going to go. Do you, do you think you would have found this record if you hadn't seen him live? I don't I don't know that I would have. I don't yeah, know that I would have uh, because I don't know that the I don't know that the that the that the music press has done this album uh, has done it justice because the kinds of cliches that get thrown around here with this kind of music are a little bit lazy. Yeah, and I just don't know that. You know, I don't. I don't know that I would have sought this out had I not walked into that room and been and been blown away by them. But you know, if you tell me that something is sort of angular <laughs> and hardcore-ish yeah. and right or spiky, yeah. uh, textured, cinematic, yeah. um, and and these are words that we sometimes have to use too. But but it does not convey to me the sort of the grandiose nature of of this music because I hear a lot of ambition and it's really well executed yeah. and. Um, and I hope folks get a chance to see these guys live or check out the YouTube um, video uh, uh, of them playing Audio Tree. I hope I hope that vinyl is on sale again for the next Bandcamp Friday because I yeah. will order the crap out of it. Yeah, I, I just picked up the limited vinyl, so you bet you probably should get it. Like they yeah, still, no, they still I, get it's, money. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's yeah. good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's those terms they toss around. Like one thing that uh, we talked about a lot on and off mic is. Everything, as far as presented, has been homogenized. Now, part of that is because of the audience, uh, is the interest mm-hmm. level of the audience. Like, are they going to be? Does a band like Facts have like massive appeal? No. They recognize that, um, and yeah. and work within that and make spectacular art. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to if you're a PR uh, person, a music journalist, or whatever. Speak to like what, how, how something actually like moves you rather mm-hmm. than trying to like describe it for the masses, you know, instead, instead of trying to be like a, a data point on like, this is acceptable discourse for something, uh, as far as music journalism goes, like just trust people to like, like your opinion, 
Yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a challenge, um, I think, for for a lot of um, music journalism, which is that, you know, I think I think music media outfits aren't quite sure if they're supposed to be a an algorithm extender and to help people to help steer people to to other kinds of music. Um, Or or if really, you know, they should, uh, you know, folks who write about music should just write about what they hear and how it makes them them feel. And. Um, you know, you can you can really pull someone in and get them to care about something um, without having to include the, you know, listen, if you like the following. Uh, yeah. You know, there's 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 just a lot you can do. And this and this album is one that 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 sends me on a, a little bit of an internal uh, journey. Um, and I'm sure there's a great essay that could be written about that. And I don't know that I've I've found it. And as we started looking at media um, to cover the album here, you know, they've, they've been covered by most of the music outfits that I read, but just not in a way that would have, that would have, uh, pulled me into the band. Yeah. When you hear this compared to like other work that is very similar, which is very similar to other work, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it just, uh, there's so many external forces that can change that. Um, but there's also, if, if people drop the ball in carrying forward something that is actually good, not not because somebody was in it, although they definitely benefited here. Like the Disappears yeah. was a, a you know a highly revered band out of Chicago. So, um, and uh, anything you can capitalize on, if you're if you're a, yeah. if you're an artist, then that that's the way to go. But yeah, like I I search often when we talk about stuff that I haven't heard as I search my emails and be like, did I just ignore? It? Is this also on me? I don't have a single email about them ever. Yeah, in yeah. a decade. And I don't know if that's – there's a lot of reasons it could be, but also I think how we we expect people a lot of times to only like one genre instead of giving people like credit. Not not all people. I, I, I do think music tastes are basic <laughs> for most people, but, but, but there's a, a sizable amount of us that are like, yeah, we will listen to this, then we'll go listen to Taylor Swift. You know, then we'll go listen to that. Yeah. And like all these things fit together in like uh, sort of a human stew for us and like what makes the day go by. And and it, and it's hard to figure out how, to, you know, in that in that, the you know, this was this was the last show I saw in 2021. Mm. And I was probably the only person in that room. This was early December, mid-December. And um, I, I think I was the only person in that room who was also very excited to see like fish on New Year's Eve. And, and I say that partly to own my own basicness, <laughs> but also just to illustrate that, that, you know, people are more receptive to different kinds of music and we're not doing a good job of helping people navigate different genres sometimes. And so, and there might yeah. be someone listening who was, who was really, um, dialed into the hardcore scene and they're listening to us and they're thinking, who are these normies talking about this? this <laughs> yeah, great they music? definitely are. And that's, that, that's fair. That's fair. We are, yeah. we are, we are, we are not people who spend a lot of time in hardcore, but, but when I find something that pulls me in, I spend a lot of time with it. And this, this band really did that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal album. Um, like I said, I, I just bought it, but I, but I think everybody should get out there and like, just, um, I have the benefit of living near Chicago. So yeah. if they, if they are playing, I'm probably going to, I mean, once it's safe out there, I'm probably going to like head down the road and, and go see him. I will probably be the least interesting person in the room. <laughs> 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 I would guess. And that's okay. 
one thing one thing I remembered about this show because I hadn't been to like a sort of a more hardcore show in a while mm. is just um, there's always like you you're afraid that you're going to be the oldest person at a hardcore show. And there's always some like 67 year old who oh, just man. looks tough as nails, who just looks like he eats aluminum foil for breakfast, you know? Yeah. And uh, so shout out, shout out to the old hardcore guy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the scene, the scene is the scene, man. I mean, in, in, in any <laughs> scene, um, who would that guy be in the Coldplay scene? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Branson. No. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, uh, fantastic band, fantastic record. Uh, I think a bunch of great music this episode, right? Yeah, yeah, we did right, right. by ourselves right. and by each other. Right. Yeah. I can tell you now um, that we're planning a little more before we get out of here. Uh, we are. We, when I was talking about talking about our friends, we're going to talk about Motorcade. That's yeah. going to be a featured Cannot album. For that. So, like, we're 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 going to be, and um, we're starting to talk about doing interviews here and there. We have mentioned the ability to do a bonus episode, which we will be i think now let's let's gauge our, our metal here do you think do, do you, is it a good idea eduardo to talk about spotify we are going to talk about spotify okay so so it's not even like yeah. is it a good idea or not we're just ignoring that question it's, it's like <laughs> it's a, we're it just going to do it it is a, it is it is a fact uh, is a fact nice um yeah okay so we're going to be doing that um i am uh, albuster de plume has a new record coming out so hopefully he's yes, going to be, cool. yeah, he's going to be coming on soon. And, uh, and then we're just going to keep ramping up. Uh, another thing I thought about, and this will be the last thing before we get out of here is, uh, we often, we used to talk a lot about like albums and have whole shows of albums. I feel like we can do that. I feel like we can do that though in a compressed, like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Cause I was, I was like, I really want to talk to Eduardo about the soul cages by Sting. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, and it's just like it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's just like yeah, let's talk about yeah. soul games. Okay, okay, that's a great excuse for me to listen to that album again. Yes, excellent, excellent. So, so roadmap there, people. <laughs> All right, uh, we are out of here. Good to see it, and uh, we will later, talk man. Soon. Let's go.